welcome back to another episode. This week we're going to kind of build on the topics that Joy was talking about last week where teachers were saying uh, kind of maybe reasons that the no kind of comes up. We're going to maybe talk about the yes, but before we do that, I'm going to welcome everybody back. Joey, good to see you. Hello. Mike. Hey. And Tom. Hi, Russ. Thanks for coming. In last week's episode, Joey was kind of brought up that idea and we uh, reasons why they might kind of feel like they want to shut things down. What it makes me think about is kind of forming that yes mentality, that yes attitude towards big body play, rough and tumble play into your classrooms, into your homes. And maybe today we can kind of just break that down to talk about what are some of those practical ways you can do that. And I was going to kind of put it out to the group here to kind of think about what were the, if you can think back to your early maybe experiences, what what were some of those actual games or actual activities that made you feel... I'm okay with this. I, or, you know, mm-hmm. and it could have been wrestling, maybe climbing trees, yoga, like dance, but are there those things that you did early on or that maybe even you still do now that you think would be helpful for parents, families, educators to get into? I'm thinking about, I often set up a climber inside the classroom, Yeah. a climber with a slide mm-hmm. and we had multiple kids on the slide all the time. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, I just started letting kids go up the slide. Mm-hmm. I said, Rebel. What? <laughs> I, I let them go up the slide. And if a child <laughs> wanted to come down, I'd say, why don't you tell them you're coming down? Yep. And then more often than not, then the child coming up would get off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they wouldn't. They'd get they get all the way up before the other child could slide. But then I'd see this negotiation of space where mm-hmm. the child would actually uh, step around, around the child. Yeah, yeah. And so I said, well, they seem to be working this out. Yeah. If it was really too busy of a place, then it was up to me to be there mm-hmm. and to make sure all that happened. But mm-hmm. giving the children a chance to be able to do that and made it, all the difference in the world. Heather Shoemaker's book, It's Okay to Go Up the Slide. It's amazing. When we've done panels or the discussion when it was going on there, like, who has rules about going up the slide? And so many hands go up. Why? Why can't they go up the side? They could fall. They right. could get hurt. Yeah. Well, they start from the top and go to the bottom, right? I mean... Right, they could fall. So... Yeah. But I think there's that that mentality there. So, Tom, do you identify that as a kind of like a little aha moment for you, too, as far as... It was kind of a gradual aha uh-huh. moment because mm-hmm. it started out, kids could go up the slide when nobody was el- else was on the climber. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, they can go up the slide... When there's one child, oh, there's more child there, mm-hmm. and let's let's see what happens. They seem to be able to figure this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because because to me, there's that's a great conversation and negotiation between the children. How are you going to navigate this discussion? Mm-hmm. Same way would you know? Would it be true that and it children, wouldn't happen unless you said yes? You got to say yes, right? And to it, have that negotiation. Yeah, because yeah. we we let right. children try to talk about sharing materials, like oh, there's only one teddy bear left. You two both want it. How are you going to figure this out? That's sort of what I was just thinking. Sometimes these rules make our lives harder, and then you take a moment where you can kind of take a rule away or turn a no to a yes, and your teaching life actually gets a little bit easier because you're not busy over there enforcing the Mm -hmm. slide rule that never really needed to be enforced because it turns out they were perfectly safe. You just had this extra rule that everybody then could kind of yell at each other about what the rule was. When I first started uh, at Dodge, and there was a rule that if you were going to have a stick, you had to be sitting down. 
my former uh, director would say, you know, it was just the silliest thing because you're just spending all of your time enforcing the rule that you have to sit down with a stick, which is like impossible. Yeah. Right. Um, and so then there's a slowly like, okay, well, what happens if we let them stand up with a stick? Okay. Everybody seems to be doing okay. What happens if we allow, right. you know, and now, I mean, common right. sense, you don't run with a really sharp stick. I mean, it's not like, it is right. not anything goes, but the, yeah. the list of rules you have to enforce is a lot easier than yeah, making a child stay sitting down. You don't you don't have jousting on the playground. <laughs> so you could yeah. you a, a child could be sitting down and still poke somebody else. Right. So, so then you've got to separate them even farther away so that sticks won't touch you. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, you make your life harder sometimes by all of these uh, kind of rules. So yeah. So that's a guess that I can think of. Here's a, here's a follow up question for that. What are your thoughts about children actually hitting sticks together for play fighting and things like that? My current, I think my opinion might change from year to year, but my current thinking is it kind of depends on on the child in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. Most of the kids ages three to five who I know are not that great at judging the distance between a stick and another stick or a stick and a body. And it's it, or the force. <laughs> and so it seems to work better to encourage pretend fighting, just like you would with pretend fist fighting. Sure. In, in right. my experience, I don't incur- I don't yeah, do a yeah. lot of hit punches landing, even if it's pretend. So I extend that rule to the sticks. Uh, some kids can whack their sticks together just fine. So I, yeah. you know, it gets a little bit situational, but yeah, um, yeah. I have older preschoolers, mm-hmm. and we talk about it like, oh, it, you know, when you swing a stick, it can really hurt. Is what I right. say. So what, and then what can we do? And so some of the kids will sort of do this slow motion right. thing, but then they know if they want to do it fast, they'll walk over to a tree trunk. And I was going to say, that said, fallen logs are a great spot right. to just, you know, because what they actually really want to do is hit that stick as hard as they can. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, so that's okay. outside, and I'm thinking, I introduce sticks inside, uh-huh. and I I never had kids use them as weapons. They were around the sensory table, and there was always a more productive way to use them. Uh-huh. And they and we never right. got to we never got to the point where we were. Well, and actually, outside, a lot of the stick use is very productive. They're digging a hole, or they're grinding right. old wood on a tree. I mean, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, we've talked about this before, you you know, oh, they're going to play fight. You know, then they do, of course, you know, it's a sword or whatever, but it's not the only thing that they do. And yeah, exactly. And so if you let them do it, they'll do it briefly and then they'll go on to something else. And sticks mm-hmm. are very productive. I mean, it's a lever. It's like a universal mm-hmm. It's almost primal tool. It for is. kids to be able to hold a stick and to do something with a stick, whether it's digging yeah. or building mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Kids using tools just doesn't seem... Oh, how could my. they learn? No, but it, yeah, but it is funny because we get these rules. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing is, you want to have a rule for a reason, and when that reason goes away, you, you, like you don't need like sometimes people will walk into an atmosphere and they'll have all these rules somewhere, and like you said with the sticks, gradually you take some of the rule away, and it's like oh we didn't need that, like right. oh we don't need that. The thing is sometimes people get trapped that the rule itself has been now carved in stone somewhere and we have to follow this rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to and go not back looking at the kids in front of them. To something you were saying in a recent episode, Mike, just like, you know, so like, I don't know, we talk about play fighting possibly too much, but, um, you know, if you're constantly stopping them, they get to the point where they're going to fight away the bad guys or whatever, and that's exactly where you stop them every time and they never kind of get past it. That makes me think of um, something I used to say to people when I was doing trainings, which is sort of like, if, you, if you're always saying no, it feels like you're saying no all day long. Mm-hmm. But if you allow, if you say yes, kids are going to do what they want to, the thing that, the, the game they want to play, and probably not for as long as you think. And it's just much easier. Right. Rough and tumble play in particular, when you the statistics that it's uh, 10% of the elementary school statistics, is 10% of the time that kids are engaged in play is rough and tumble. Right. But if you're saying no, you're probably saying no 
70 percent of the time 80 percent right. of the they time they still haven't got that 10 percent exactly exactly <laughs> so it's sort of this yeah so it's like well if yeah. you actually just find a way to say yes it's not going to happen as much as you think it's going to happen because it actually doesn't happen as much as you think it happens mm-hmm. that, sorry does that make any sense it does okay yeah <laughs> you know it's funny because i think like we've all talked about this gradual thing yeah right and because to me i would the thing that came up when you asked the question at the beginning yeah I was thinking when I taught in New York City, we didn't really have a playground of our own. We had a very small one, yeah. um, but we could walk a block to the elementary school and use that playground. So every day we'd have to walk a block and a half by all the brownstones. And most of the teachers saw that as this chore to do to get the kids to the space to then let them be physical. It would take my class 20 minutes to walk the one block, yeah. but everyone knew which fence was which and they'd say... You know, one was like the witch's fence or one was the whatever gingerbread house or, you know, they had like a different, Mm -hmm. each one had a story and, and, you know, we had this different way of going around and sometimes we'd go the other way around the block, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and we were the only class that knew the other way around. (laughs) Well, and usually what the kids would do is they'd be doing stuff more with the fence itself. Usually actually with sticks, they'd kind of be following (laughs) the ironwork Uh with the stick. And then some kids would try to. Some of them had, would have a sl- small wall. Oh, sure. You know, usually they went down to the ground, but they might like step up and try. But there's the fence there, so you have to kind of like go sideways to stay up on it. Um, so is this really like a, a rule-breaking thing that you did to not have them? Or I mean, did you internally feel like you were breaking some rule um, about allowing them kind of freedom as they walked? I think a little bit. I uh-huh. mean, there was definitely some conversation because you know rebellious. the other teachers would be like, "Well, why?" What, mm-hmm. what takes you so long? Well, haven't you guys ever taken kids on a walk mm-hmm. and they find a little wall and they've got to walk on the wall? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. they don't always stay on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Well, no. <laughs> that actually relates to, I don't, I don't want to cut you off, Mike, but I think yeah. that was the, it made me think of our walk-up walkway or sidewalk from the playground in back to the building. There's a concrete ledge that's kind of on a partial right, right. planter. Yeah. And one side it falls into shrubs and the other side goes, you know, probably up to three or four feet back to the sidewalk. And when I started at the school, kids stay off of there during school time because you could fall and there's no crash pit. And I kind of right. was like, right. Okay. Right. But then it was, no, don't, no, don't, no, yeah. you can't climb there. <laughs> right, no, right. Uh, kid, taking children. Who's going to station themselves at the walls and nobody it, goes, right? You know, having right. to physically, no, I told you no. And putting them back on the sidewalk. Right. And, and then I thought... And it was actually How after, did that after, feel? After, it, was ne- it never felt good. And it always You're the added, police. You're it, the police, yeah. Exactly. And it was actually probably once our group started, I was really just... We talked about that. Why why do I have that rule in place? Yeah. I let them climb across the top of the monkey bars in the gym. Right. Right. As long as there's a grown-up there. Right. Same rule. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I started to Im- Im- kind of implement. And it's like, you can climb up as long as one teacher's here. Right. If not, then it's closed. And actually what's happened now is I'll say, yep, oh no, I got to go ahead. You can ask one of the other teachers and the children will block it themselves right? and wait for teachers to come and then they'll go up it one at a time. They know how to do it. Mm-hmm. They, they can somewhat regulate it themselves right? and then they carry it through and actually it made me think of... Um, and mostly what you're doing is just making sure there's not the one kid who really can't judge it. Right, yeah. right. It doesn't just do it. But... Exactly. Yeah. And but I, when I went to Philadelphia, I, went, I got to do uh, some work with the staff at Children's Village in Philadelphia. Um, and a quick shout out to them. I miss those staff; they're <laughs> great people. I hope they're listening as well. But one of the things I was asked to do was go with a few of the teachers, and there was one group that has to walk about a mile through downtown, 
it's exhausting, it's hard, and the teachers are always having to say no because there's these great concrete pillars, yeah. right. there's yep. a yep. bunch of stoops, there's all kinds <clears throat> of things. And, and they'd never get there. It would take them a long... I mean, just to walk a mile with yeah. children oh, yeah. from kindergarten yeah. to yeah. third grade, or yeah. uh, maybe fourth grade. Hey, there's your curriculum. That's right there. <laughs> and so we walked with them. And, the, and I'll tell you, the staff was great already. And we just kind of opened up the question of, well, why can't they do this? And they're like, well, yeah, so we let them go. We actually... They can go to the very last one, and then we, we'll, we'll jump from that one together. Mm-hmm. And they've figured out ways to do right. that. So I think it's just... Man, maybe that's kind of the culmination of this episode. Well, I'm thinking, just kind giving of, people some homework if they're listening... You know, what's the thing that you're right. saying no, but you're not really sure why you're saying no. It's just this rule. And maybe if you examine it, you could find a way to say yes. I mean, I think your wall example is a perfect one. Or when do you, you feel like you're just yes saying no? When, yeah. do, when are you driving yourself crazy because you have to keep right. saying no? Yeah. What's like, the thing that they clearly want to do right. that you're clearly... Because <laughs> they're telling you, I need this, I need yeah. this. Yeah. And maybe maybe this is a plug for the Facebook page that we have, Teaching yeah. with Body Ooh, and Mind. Yeah. You know, we can put a question up there. And I was thinking we can do one about sticks. Right. And what are your rules about sticks? What are your worries about sticks? What are your questions about using sticks? Maybe that's one question. Great idea. But maybe there'll also be this, mm-hmm. where do you feel stuck right now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we might be able to answer, but, you know, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who've liked the page and, you know, we could open it up. I mean, yep. we're, we're all researchers for each other. And it's, it's funny to just, I'll just put this last plug in. It's just these tiny little things. Like, don't you just like feel so much better almost each day that you're, you know, you don't have to go there and say no to the wall so much all day better. long. It's just, it's, it's one, because like, there's Cause only... Because if it truly was dangerous, it shouldn't be on your playground. I mean, you know, like there's it, like, you know, you might find something that's like, right. oh, this is just actually a horrible thing we have to eliminate. Yes. That happens, yeah. but it could also just, yeah. There's so many other details of the day and of li- the life yeah. of teaching, but also being a parent. Yeah. Like, where can you say yes? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and for mine, so much you know, the walk, yeah. you know, the other no. teachers hated the, like, uh, you know, I wish we could have a better playground at the center because because they were saying because there, they were forcing them to walk in. Yeah, and it was yeah. so stressful because it's like, come on, keep up, and uh-huh. you know, like yelling at the kids who are slow uh-huh. or uh-huh. the kids yeah. are trying to go too fast. And why didn't, why didn't you just use the rings? Well, and that's the other thing, right? Is that I was thinking about that one too. Yeah. I worry about when kids have to hold the rope or the rings, and yeah. I know there are certain locations that people might be in where they have yep. to. If there's, yep. you know, I originally taught in Union Square where there were a lot of people. Yep. And I didn't use them, but I could see a teacher who doesn't... Yeah. It would be hard yeah. to negotiate. You're talking about having, you know, 150 adults walking through right. at the same time. Exactly. But then the kids won't be able to pick up a stick. Or what if they find a cool stone? As we said last week, nothing without joy. Mm-hmm. So take that extra five yeah, minutes because yeah. mm-hmm. you found a spider. Mm-hmm. To, you know, and have that time to discover it. Let them jump off that second step and see, you know, get, get that energy. Because maybe when you get back, you'll feel... Everyone's going to feel a little bit better. Saying yes always feels better. It does. Well, we'll stop there for now. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll look forward to uh, next week's episode. So thanks thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.